This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to another episode of Chicago Shuffle, your official Chicago Bears podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am, of course, your host, Brian Perez. You can check out all of my Chicago Bears work over at bearswire.com and throw me a follow on Twitter to keep the Bears conversation going over there at Brian Perez NFL, and that's Brian with a Y. Today, we're going to have a fun show, guys and gals, Bears friends across the country. We're going to talk about expectations for the Chicago Bears in 2019. We're going to talk about a few players on this roster and what some reasonable expectations may or may not be for them, and also cover some of the news that's come out recently from OTAs that wrapped up last week. But before we do, I want to remind you guys to make sure you are checking out all the great shows that the Blue Wire Podcast Network is putting out right now, whether you're a fan of another NFL team, the NBA, there's a lot of team-specific podcasts getting produced right now on a weekly basis in this network. I highly recommend you head on over to the website, the Blue Wire Podcast Network website, check out all the shows that are being produced on a daily basis, and I'm sure you guys are going to find one that interests you. Of course, the Chicago Bears are your primary interest, and that's why you're here. And, and do me a favor, head on over to iTunes and make sure you give us a nice and friendly review, a nice rating. Tell us what you think. Drop any comments or suggestions you have about this show in your iTunes review. I do read them all. We've had a couple of good ones come in recently, which we're going to touch on in some recent shows. But anything you'd like to discuss in this uh, in up- upcoming episodes or something to just basically throw me your feedback, make sure you drop it in that iTunes review and subscribe. Subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts and anywhere that you get your podcasts from. You could find us everywhere now. And I hope to be your go-to show here over as we get through the rest of this regular, I'm sorry, as we steamroll toward the regular season and get through now what is the quietest part of the offseason. And we took a week off last week to try to, to regroup and, and catch up on some of the Bears news and notes that were coming out. And I think one of the biggest storylines that came out of OTAs over the last week to two weeks is the Trey Burton injury news, which you guys have all heard about and read about and and probably have digested by now. The fact that he underwent sports hernia surgery that is, is relating to an injury that stems back to last year's playoff game when he woke up the morning of the wild card round against the Philadelphia Eagles. He just couldn't give it a go and it was described as a groin injury at the time, but a lot of you Bears fans out there will remember that there was some suspicion or some question about whether Trey Burton's injury was actually legitimate or if it was a product of his self-admitted anxiety issues that he had dealt with in the past during his career and just in his personal life. And there was some 
some suggestion that Trey Burton, maybe the the pressure of playing against his former team coming off of, you know, that Philly special moment that he had in the Super Bowl the year before, whether or not there was too much riding on this game, too much history, too much pressure, for lack of a better term, that maybe made his anxiety, you know, kind of get a little bit out of control and made him unable to play. I mean, I thought it was pretty ridiculous at the time that those kinds of suggestions or allegations or that hypothesis was being made that Burton couldn't go because of that. And now, honestly, it's almost like vindication for him in a way, not that he needed it, but the fact that he did undergo sports hernia surgery, you're not going to do that. You're not going to have that kind of a procedure, which does have, you know, a pretty long recovery time and can linger and cause not long-term problems for a player, but it can be one of those injuries that takes a little bit longer than the initial projection to get back to full strength. So the fact that he had to go through that procedure shows that this had nothing to do with mental health or anxiety at the time of last year when, when, when he couldn't go in the playoffs. So I'm happy for Trey Burton from a standpoint that, um, you know, the, if, if anybody was questioning his toughness or his character and or questioning just his overall mental health, I think that that was just completely unfair. And it's completely unfair to suggest a player that is dealing with anxiety issues and a pre-existing mental health concern that for some reason that is an injury that may be lesser than a physical ailment that traditionally keeps a player out of a game. I mean, we we all should know better by now that mental health issues can create bigger obstacles and hurdles for athletes than even physical health issues. So even if that was the case for Trey Burton, it's not, you know, it's an injury. It is a legitimate injury and something that had prevented him from playing. But you know, there was for some reason a a negative connotation that came along with it last year. And for Burton, starting his second year with the with the Bears uh, after signing a big free agent contract last offseason, I think this is actually, even though it's injury news, it's good news for him. It's it's kind of wiping that slate clean. And any Bears fans who maybe had some questions or concerns about him entering this season from from that last kind of uh, exposure that we had to him, you know, that could be put to rest. And Trey Burton, you know, we, we're going to talk about expectations in a minute for players, and, and I didn't have him initially on my list of guys to talk about, but maybe we will. Trey Burton is a guy who has to step up his game in 2019. He has to play like one of the elite playmaking tight ends, especially because he's getting paid like one. He's being paid a, an annual salary that ranks among the top at his position in his production last year you know, definitely left a little bit to be desired in in terms of that expectation that came along with that contract. He wasn't necessarily what we saw with Travis Kelsey and Matt Nagy's offense in Kansas City. He wasn't that kind of guy, at least not yet. I, I think that's a product of Mitchell Trubisky continuing to get better as a passer in the offense and just getting timing and rhythm down with Trey Burton, which you know, again, they may not have the ability to do in this preseason into training camp because of Burton's injury. So this could be something that does stunt his initial ability to produce at an elite tight end level. But again, Trey Burton getting that sports hernia surgery is something that I think is a positive from a variety of of angles. And most importantly, it's a positive because anybody who was questioning whether or not he should have played in that wild card game, you know, you can now be silenced. 
And sticking at tight end, it's interesting because the Bears have a new tight end on the roster, and Bradley Sowell, the or Sowell, Sowell, however you want to pronounce it, uh, the the offensive tackle turned tight end who you know, became somewhat of a, of a Bears modern-day legend with his soft hands and bear-like frame, uh, scoring touchdowns and two-point conversions and the Santa sleigh play. I mean, he became quite the storyline last year. And now, going into 2019, that's going to be his position now. He's going to be another target for Mitchell Trubisky in limited situations. But as I've kind of digested this decision by Matt Nagy to move what essentially was the Bears' swing offensive tackle to a position like tight end, it got me thinking. It got me thinking that, you know what, Matt Nagy is outsmarting everyone once again. I think the the reason for this position change is staring all of us right in the eyes and nobody's talking about it. Matt Nagy likes mismatches, likes surprises, likes being creative. So what better way to be creative than to have your sixth offensive lineman line up as a designated tight end where you don't have to necessarily declare him as an eligible receiver because he's a tight end and tight ends are eligible receivers. And now, rather than bring attention to Bradley Sowell as a guy, oh, hey, defense, pay attention to this offensive tackle who's lining up on the outside of the line of scrimmage. He might end up being a guy who goes out for a pass. Now, every single time he's in the game, teams have to assume that that is something he will do. And he may only be in the game to serve as a sixth offensive lineman, adding for more pass protection, more run blocking ability. But now he can also, you can lull a defense to sleep because they're going to see this player, this physical body that is looks, acts, walks like an offensive tackle. Those guys still get lost in the shuffle, especially when they don't have to necessarily report as an eligible receiver. And I think Matt Nagy in this big game of chess that he plays on offense doesn't necessarily think Bradley Sowell is going to be a true tight end. I think by declaring him as a tight end, by putting him as a, classifying him as a tight end moving forward on the roster, he gives the offense in those goal line situations, in those two-point conversion situations, more flexibility than it may have had by having to bring all the attention onto Bradley Saul as an eligible receiver. I think it's a, a, a stroke of brilliance by, uh, by Nagy to just basically say, look, y'all could think Saul's a tight end, but really what we're going to do is make sure that nobody has any idea what we're going to do with this guy on every single play that he's in the game because technically, based on his position, he can do anything. And that gives Matt Nagy the ultimate advantage when he has a player who could do anything at his disposal. And look, Sowell proved last year the dude's got some soft mitts. He can make a play as a receiver. So why not, when he's in the game, make him kind of like an offensive weapon? I mean, who would have thought, when you got guys like Tariq Cohen and Cordaro Patterson on the roster, that Bradley Sowell might be one of the more exciting offensive weapons heading into 2019. It's it's quite the... Uh, quite the evolution here of Chicago Bears offense, which was another big talking point here from OTAs, was the Bears offense and the development in year two, especially for Mitch Trubisky with Matt Nagy, a full offseason again, heading into a second training camp. And Matt Nagy talked about how last year was course 101, right? The entry-level college course of this offense. And now Matt Nagy's moved to level 202, right? Where he's learned, he's gone from learning the offense to now mastering it. And Trubisky spoke at length 
over the last week or so about how moving on from that student to teacher role where now he's starting to teach some of the younger guys about their assignments in this offense and being excited about starting this offseason program or being in practice sessions now where he's instructing guys what to do. He's telling them what to do rather than trying to figure it out for himself. And that kind of development in the quarterback is ultimately what's going to make this offense just potentially go through the roof in 2019. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a pretty conservative fan when it comes to expectations. I don't try to assume that our team is going to be the next coming of the Los Angeles Rams, but it's really, really hard to not get excited about what this offense should do in 2019. And and that's kind of the, the way this season feels, right? Last year in 2018, I think the theme around the 2018 roster or team or season was excitement. The Bears fans were excited about a new coach, about Mitchell Trubisky in his first full year as a starter, about all the new offensive weapons that, generally speaking, the Bears really haven't been accustomed uh, to fielding since really the Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, and Matt Forte triplet season several years ago. So there was a lot of excitement around this team. And, you know, especially when you add Cleo Mack coming to the roster in September via that blockbuster trade, the excitement was just through the roof. But excitement for a team that for eight, nine years hadn't won the NFC North, that, you know, kind of had a low ceiling. It wasn't necessarily excitement that was combined with playoff expectations. It was just excitement for change and excitement for a new era of Bears football. And with that excitement and that level of success that the Bears had last year comes a completely new feeling as we start the 2019 season. And the 2019 season, it has gone from excitement to expectations. Bears fans across the country now have expectations. If this team does not win the NFC North, if this team does not make a deep playoff run, it's a failure. I mean, let's be honest. It's a failure of a season. Nine and seven, on the outside looking in, come week 17, that is a failure of a season. And that's a great, great feeling to have. It's fantastic, finally, after all of these years, to be sitting here in June, the first week of June, looking forward to that calendar to flip to September with expectations to still be playing in January. Not hope, not wishful thinking, not if everything breaks right, maybe there's a chance. There are legitimate expectations for the Chicago Bears to be a Super Bowl contender in 2019. You're seeing it in Vegas with with the fans betting on teams to win the Super Bowl. The Bears are one of the favored teams to 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 take home the Lombardi Trophy this year among fans, like a favorite pick among fans, I should say. Alyssa Barbieri wrote a great post on Bears Wire. Check it out. That that covers that topic. Um, so you're seeing that expectations come to fruition this year, where where Bears fans are coming together on Twitter. They're rallying together on Twitter. You're seeing Bears fans uniting against the Packers fans on Twitter, against the Lions fans and Vikings fans on Twitter. And it wasn't like that wasn't the case in the past. But there's so much more confidence and bravado behind what the Bears fans are feeling right now. And it's it's a tangible. You could just say it's something. It's almost like you could feel it and touch it and, and say this exists in this city for the first time 
for as long as I can honestly remember. Even the season when Rex Grossman led this Bears team, believe it or not, Rex Grossman led this Bears team to a Super Bowl. I mean, I know all you out there are going to hit me up and say he didn't lead the team to a Super Bowl. The defense did, but we got to give homage to the quarterback. We got to give praise to the quarterback and Rex Grossman, even though he probably fumbled away a legitimate chance to win a Super Bowl that year. He was the quarterback, right? So we'll call it the Rex Grossman-led Bears. Even that team wasn't expected to do what they did that year. I don't think there's been a Bears team with expectations like we have in 2019 in, in decades. And that that is a really refreshing way to approach the summer. And uh, guys, you want to talk about another refreshing uh, approach to an everyday act? Let's talk about shaving. And I got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up once again with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes, get this guys, a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that, all of that, everything I just said for just three bucks shipped right to your door. So enough with the cheap razors. We've all been there and done that. That razor burn is brutal. It's time and it's totally worth trying. Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned, so they bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for 95 years. Over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's and claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com backslash blue wire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. Again, harrys.com backslash blue wire. Redeem your razor for just three bucks. Mitch Trubisky, 2019. What are we thinking, guys and gals? What are we thinking about Trubisky this year? Hit me up on iTunes. Drop a review. Let me know what you think. Put your comment in the review. I'm thinking 4, 4K, 4,000 yards minimum, minimum in 2019 I think he would have done it last year the pace he was on in the second half of the season before he busted up his shoulder I don't know if he necessarily would have hit that 4,000 mark over the 16 weeks but if you look at the pace he was on in that last handful of games before he got hurt he was playing like an elite fantasy football quarterback and I know fantasy football is a ridiculous kind of reference point for reality but we live in a box score scouting era where fans will assess quarterbacks and kind of rank quarterbacks in these tiers that you're seeing all around Twitter. A lot of it is based on a combination of winning games and producing stats. And Trubisky won a lot of games last year. Bears were 12 and four, and, and you know he started 14 of those games. The Bears were 12 and four, and you know he didn't put up the 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns, but he he was the main reason why they finished the year as a 12-4 and team with the NFC North Championship, but he's still not regarded as an elite quarterback. And I think he will, you know, in order for him to get there, he has to put up the gross fantasy football numbers. And I think we're going to see it this year. I have that feeling, guys. I have that feeling that Trubisky is going to hit a new Bears benchmark. He's going to set new passing records in yards and touchdowns in 2019. I don't think that that's a bold prediction. I think in today's NFL, 4,000 yards is almost like a... You know, it's like the new 1,000-yard rusher, right? 1,000-yard rushers back in the 90s was a great accomplishment. You average basically 70 yards a game, you got 1,000 yards, but to average 70 yards a game back then was pretty pretty taxing and challenging. In today's game, 4,000 yards passing is kind of that benchmark, and you need to get 20, 250 yards a game to get there. You're telling me that Mitch Trubisky isn't going to average 250 yards passing a game this year? 
in Matt Nagy's system, healthy Allen Robinson, second year with Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel being Taylor Gabriel, adding Cordaro Patterson to the passing game, Trey Burton in his second season in the offense, more Tariq Cohen as a receiver. You know, you had Cordaro Patterson to the offense. I don't see any possible way. Trubisky's going to trip into 250 yards every single week. And then when you add the rushing numbers on top of that, you're going to see Trubisky. If this Bears team wins a lot of games, if they have the same kind of season they had last year with a healthy Trubisky over 16 games, playing at that level, course level, 202 in Matt Nagy's offense, you're going to have an all-pro and potential NFL MVP candidate. Crush me for that prediction now. I don't care. Mitch Trubisky is that kind of leader. He's that kind of quarterback. And assuming, we're making a big assumption that he's going to be that 202 level guy this year, he makes that big kind of jump, you're going to see an MVP-like season for Mitch Trubisky, assuming Bears players stay healthy, assuming his offensive line plays at the level they played last year, and, and assuming that everything we're hearing out of Hallis Hall is accurate with Trubisky's command of this offense, the confidence he's displaying. I think you could see that kind of record-setting year from him. you got to remember, Last year, that stretch of, of dominant offensive performances that he was putting up, those 300-yard game, 300 games that he seemed to be dropping with ease, is just a sign. It's just, a, it's, just a, it's just an appetizer. It's just a clue and a hint of what his upside is as he evolves into a veteran NFL quarterback. I mean, one of the things that it seems, it just seems so unfair about the narrative around Mitch Trubisky is that he's already a finished product. It's like, you know, mass media, the 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 the, uh, the general NFL media views Trubisky like he's been around for six years, seven years, and he's just already hit his ceiling. I mean, it's almost laughable when you think about the narrative around this guy, considering he only started one year at UNC. He only started a handful, you know, what, what was it, nine, ten games, 12 games as a rookie in a system that was, was archaic under Dowell Loggins. And now you have him in this first year at Matt Nagy putting up. He was on a pace to break Bears passing records in his first season with Matt Nagy. And now you're talking about a third-year quarterback with plant confidence, with an innovative and, and borderline genius offensive mastermind as his head coach. The stars are aligning for Mitch Trubisky to finally bring to Chicago the kind of elite and statistical quarterback play that has not ever been seen in this city in the franchise's history. That's what I'm expecting from Mitch Trubisky. What are you guys expecting from Mitch Trubisky? Go to iTunes, drop your comments, let me know. Put a stat prediction in there. I'm going to be running a post over on BearsWire that kind of breaks down the predictions for stats for all these skilled players over the next few weeks. I'll pull some of your comments in the iTunes section and, and drop them in and quote you guys in the BearsWire post. So let me know your numbers. Let me know what you think of Mitch Trubisky. Over under 4,250 yards. Crazy high number, but it's not impossible. For Mitch Trubisky to be able to hit those numbers... We need a big year from Allen Robinson. I mean, that goes without saying. We need Allen Robinson be, to be the alpha dog that he came into this city to be. Allen Robinson has to be the, the 2015 Allen Robinson uh, when he was with Jacksonville and had just a phenomenal year of 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. We saw that Allen Robinson in the wild card playoff game against the Eagles when he was uncoverable, when he was that down the field alpha guy climbing the ladder out jumping receivers for balls making you know the tap dancing on the sideline making catches that looked like they were impossible improbable if not impossible on the sideline just dominating he had 147 yards and a couple touchdowns in that game you know he's not going to get 147 yards and multi-touchdown performances every single week but it's reasonable to think that this guy could put up 90 yards a game 
that he could put up a touchdown every other week, if not a, if, if not a higher rate than that. That translates to 1,300 yards, 9, 10 touchdowns, maybe more, maybe a better year than that. And I think that we could see that. The only thing holding Allen Robinson back from putting up numbers like that would be Matt Nagy's offense. Matt Nagy likes to spread the ball around. You go back to the Andy Reid philosophy in Kansas City, and there was never really that one big receiver that stood out as a as a superstar elite stat monster but the guys around Allen Robinson in Chicago Gabriel Miller Cordaro Patterson Riley Ridley Javon Wims right now they all feel like complimentary pass catchers right that, that they're not going to be guys that necessarily take the mantle from Allen Robinson as the go-to guy Allen Robinson is going to be that go-to guy there's no doubt about that I mean that that's like stating the obvious and in an offense that I'm predicting record-setting season for Mitch Trubisky, a possible MVP season for Mitch Trubisky, Allen Robinson is going to be the biggest beneficiary of that. And if we have a, a passing game that produces 4,200 yards, somebody's going over 1,300. And if anybody's going to be the guy that does it, it's going to be Allen Robinson. Healthy, knee is no longer an issue. He's going to be playing at full speed like he was against the Eagles in that wild card round. And now suddenly we're going to see, we're going to see exactly why Ryan Pace invested big money in Robinson. And we're going to probably see at the end of the season, Robinson get a contract extension so he doesn't go into 2020 in a contract year. So Mitch Trubisky, Allen Robinson, those are the two big offensive expectations that I have from this team. And I think you're going to see two pro bowlers when the season's all said and done. Before we move on to the defensive side of the ball, I want to give a shout out to another one of our sponsors, ShipStation.com. And Bears fans, if you're if you're an online retailer, if you're trying to sell products, move products online, which a lot of people are doing now. It's a, it's a great way to make some extra cash. My wife has a, a really awesome furniture refurbishing business where she has customers and she's shipping stuff as well. One of the best ways to ship your products online is ShipStation.com. Uh, it's the fastest, easiest, most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. And no matter what you're selling, if it's Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and it keeps your customers happy. And right now, Chicago Shuffle listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. I love that, right? There's there's nothing better than signing up for a product or a service and you don't have to give your credit card info when you start. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. It's no wonder that ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. So just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter the promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make. Ship. Happen. And you know who's going to make stuff happen in 2019 for the Bears? None other than Khalil Mack. And Khalil Mack last year, 12 and a half sacks. He did exactly what Ryan Pace and this organization expected he would do when they gave up a first-round pick in 2018, uh, 2019, a first-round pick in 2020, and a boatload of cash for what is the game's premier pass rusher in modern-day football. I mean, you might say J.J. Watt, you might say Aaron Donald, but Cleo Mack is the modern-day Lawrence Taylor, and he even talked about that at OTAs when he said that he's chasing greatness. He's chasing guys like Lawrence Taylor. He's chasing guys like Derek Thomas. He wants to be the best who ever played the game, and think about something, guys. Think about what Khalil Mack in 2019 can be compared to what he was in 2018 when he started the year, no training camp, no offseason with this team, 
had no idea what the defensive playbook was. All he was playing off of was instincts, at least in the early part of the season. Then he got banged up midway through the season. This guy stays healthy with a full offseason under his belt. He could challenge for that 16-17 sack mark. That's not out of the question. You're talking about a season average of one sack per game, and you know he's going to have a couple of games where he has two, if not three sacks in a game. He very easily can be that player who hits that 16 or 17 sack mark. You know, that elusive 20 sacks in a season, which generally is one of those threshold numbers to really be considered one of the best ever. The 20 sacks in a year where guys like Reggie White and and uh, some of the best who ever have played the game have been able to hit that number. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say he's going to get that kind of a special sack total. But 16, 17 sacks, I think we're going to see that from Khalil Mack this year. Again, assuming he stays healthy and assuming he is unleashed the way he should be. I think Vic Fangio honestly, didn't use him necessarily as aggressively as he could have all year last year. There was a lot of times when Cleo Mack's dropping back in coverage, and you just say to yourself, what the hell is Vic Fangio doing? Cleo Mack, on every possible passing situation, should be pinning his ears back and destroying the opponent's quarterback. And that's what I think Chuck Pagano is going to do in 2019. He's not going to get stupid with this. I mean, honestly, if you have the best pass rusher in the game, you're stupid if you don't let him rush the passer on every passing down. You know, Leonard Floyd has become more of a all-around edge defender. Leonard Floyd is the guy that I think you can drop back in coverage, let him stick with the tight end or running backs out of the backfield, let him be a little bit more of that athlete in space. No problem there. Let him let him do that. Let him sacrifice some sacks for his ability to maybe play better in coverage. Don't take Khalil Mack out of that role. Don't make Khalil Mack do anything but why the Bears traded for him, which is get the opposing team's quarterback every single possible rep. Don't don't get silly. Don't get don't get cute. Just do what needs to be done with Cleo Mack on a down in and down out basis, which is go after the quarterback and make it happen. And I think we're going to see that this year. I think I think the Cleo Mack that we saw in 2018 was fantastic. I think the Cleo Mack we think we see in 2019 is going to be special. And I don't I know that this is. It might sound like being I'm being a Bears homer with what I'm talking about with Mitch Trubisky possibly setting Bears records and being an MVP-type candidate this year, Allen Robinson being the alpha 1,300-yard 10-12 to 12 touchdown guy, and Khalil Mack being a 16- or 17-sack defensive, uh, defensive superstar. But is anything really unreasonable? Is anything I said just now unreasonable? And think about it. If you have a 4,200-yard quarterback, a 1,300-yard receiver, and a 16-sack defensive end edge rusher outside linebacker, that is an unbelievable trio of star talent that will lead a roster that has so much depth at every single position. Playmakers everywhere along the defensive line, the linebackers, the secondary, the tight end, the three-headed monster that should be coming out of the backfield with... Uh, with David Montgomery and Mike Davis and Tariq Cohen and the depth at this wide receiver uh, that this wide receiver group is bringing to the field in 2019. I mean, I remember it wasn't too long ago and you guys know the pain and agony we went through when Kendall Wright was the Bears' top receiver. I mean, it was Kendall Right. The guy can't even find a consistent job since he left Chicago, and he was the Bears' top receiver. And here we are starting 2019 with a receiver group that somebody's not going to make this team. Somebody really good. Somebody with potential. 
starter's ability is not going to make this final roster. That's how good this receiver group can be this year. It's just, it's scary to think of what the Bears could actually be. It is scary to think that this team could actually be playing in the Super Bowl in 2019. Look around the NFC. You tell me. Drop it in the iTunes review. You tell me what NFC team is more exciting right now on paper than the Chicago Bears. Eagles, the disgusting Eagles fans are going to say the Eagles are good. You know, Carson Wentz is healthy, blah, 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 blah. I, I, I mean, I just don't think that the Eagles are going to be any better than what they were last year. The Rams, the Rams got exposed in the Super Bowl, and the Rams are going to be a great regular season team again. But the Rams, you know, look, when the going got tough, they their offense got shut down. And if you don't have the kind of defense that can lead your team to a championship and, and overcome adversity in a situation like the like the Rams faced against the Patriots, if you don't have a defense that can make a timely play or an offense that can rely on its quarterback to maybe play outside of structure and not have to be, you know, coached up every single second of the game. Well, you know, Jared Goff clearly when that coaching uh when that when that um uh the communication with Sean McVay gets cut off at that at that certain spot in the play clock. The guy just isn't as good. If defenses adjust to him after that communication gets cut off, Jared Goff becomes pretty pedestrian. Mitchell Trubisky has something going for him that Goff doesn't. Mitchell Trubisky has instincts, athletic instincts, where even if he's not going to make a play as a thrower, he's going to kill you with his legs. And that's what makes Trubisky have, in my opinion, even more upside than a guy like Jared Goff on a potential Super Bowl run where he can adjust to defenses and adjust to what defenses are doing to him even better than what we saw with a guy like Goff in the Rams offense last year. So I don't think the Rams are any more exciting. The Rams are great when Todd Gurley's great. And Todd Gurley's playing on one leg right now. So where where else are we finding this team in the NFC? The Dallas Cowboys? If you're buying Dak Prescott stock, well, I got a bridge to sell you too. That you you know, if you if you want to pay me a lot of money, I could sell you a, a bridge to nowhere. You know, Dak Prescott's not that guy. So if the Cowboys and the Rams and the Eagles aren't any more excited than the Bears, where where are we going here? The Seahawks? I mean, the Seahawks have Russell Wilson and a bunch of, of really nothing around him. They have some young talent, but nothing that's established. Where Where is that team coming out of the NFC? The Saints? All right. You know, the Saints have Drew Brees. And if Drew Brees is healthy and as he's always proven to be, you can never count them out. But... Are the Saints any more exciting right now than the Chicago Bears entering 2019? I don't think so. So this is a really, really fun team, a really, really exciting team. And most importantly, it's a team that has legitimate expectations around it for the first time in decades, expectations that we can all agree are Super Bowl or potentially bust in 2019. It's a great thing that Matt Nagy has created in this town. It's a culture that he's created. It's an expectation that Bears fans have been longing for for as long as I can and as long as I can remember and I'm sure as long as you can remember and it's expectations that we're going to be reviewing and discussing and talking about all season long here on Chicago Shuffle. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can hear every uh, every time a new episode is uploaded, you'll get uh, notified on your smartphone or wherever you listen to your podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe anywhere else that you find your podcast. Head over to bearswire.com. Check out all the news and notes that we're posting there. And head over to Twitter. Give me that follow at Brian Perez NFL. Remember to come on back next time to talk more Bears football here on Chicago Shuffle. Sugar Ray Leonard. 
Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.